0: Night Adventurers, and welcome to the Audio Armory, an exploration of weaponry through the ages. I am your local bard, Emily Cardamus. And I'm your local blacksmith, Liz Belts. Liz, how are you doing this fine day before daylight savings time begins?
1: I'm enjoying a normal sleep schedule while I still can. Right. And just trying not to think about it. Though I do look forward to potential sun times again. It has been years
0: since I've seen it I don't because it, when I drive to work it'll be dark again and it was just starting to get light <laughs> again so Yay. no matter what it will be eternal darkness and uh I just have to learn how to live with it
1: yeah welcome to Ohio
0: well just like the United just like dealing with daylight, That's just, that's not just an Ohio thing
1: well I mean yeah, yeah. but it's just perpetually gross here at least for these months.
0: For these months. I was going to say, we're gonna we're getting close to the non-gross months. Hopefully yeah. soon. Um, they're, like, on the horizon. They're a promise on the wind. Mm-hmm. And every time I step outside and it's not snowing, uh, which it has leaf been on the last wind? couple of days, I, like, feel it in my heart and I know it's coming. Or maybe that's least just heartburn. I don't know.
1: It could be heartburn. It could be.
0: So, Liz, what are we talking about this week?
1: This week, we're going to talk about Japan yeah again
0: <laughs> yeah i Woo. love japan
1: me too uh, <laughs> sorry i
0: just thought i, I said love i love japan and my entire brain played <laughs> out that like really old i think it was like a sakura Khan like like promo video that became a meme like it just like flashed before my eyes <laughs> <laughs> man. <Kibukamesh. laughs> I, like, had, like, an out-of-body experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back to this astral plane, also known Uh. as Anime Hell.
0: Alright, my soul is back in my body, and we can record a podcast.
1: (laughs) About Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And not the dark times. Well, kind of dark times, but not that sort of dark time. The reason why I've chosen to revisit is because I neglected to mention a very important weapon known as the Tanto. Along with a bow, naginata, or a katana slash tachi, depending on the era, Japanese samurai carried a smaller sort of last resort weapon called a Tanto. It's a dagger-looking, almost identical in most cases to the larger sword companion. Basically, it is the katana's baby.
0: So it's like you just took a shrink ray on a katana and it's like, here you go.
1: Kinda. It's more like a you you gave it a haircut okay oh, sort of okay thing. it's it's like a buzz cut versus so it's not like... quite
0: to skip it's sort of like it's like the shot off sawed off shotgun equivalent yeah you just kind of like cut much. off the top of it and you're like look the sword's smaller
1: <laughs> exactly now it's a dagger Mm-hmm. sure it is jim sure it is yeah uh, yes of uh, jim what a very <laughs> <laughs> what a very japanese name i know I'm great at naming everything. Anywho, the hilt still has its iconic woven fabric grip that in most cases matches the katana exactly. And it's made with the same pudding-lathered lint loaf technique as the katana. Which, if that concerns you, just go back to episode 7 when I talk about the process of how these swords are made.
0: If you haven't listened to that episode, just kind of bask in that phrase and think about <laughs> what it could mean, and then learn what it actually means. But right now, enjoy this bliss of having the phrase pudding lathered just like there <laughs> in your life without any explanation.
1: Mm-hmm. Just, just soak it in. Absorb it. Now, you might be asking what makes this weapon so important if it's just a clone of a katana, basically. Liz. Yeah?
0: What makes this weapon so important? Get out of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What makes it important is out of all the weapons samurai carried, this dagger was the last resort in battle and also became a work of art, featuring Mm -hmm. details called horomono, or carvings that depicted both flora and animals. More nature scenes, essentially. Many stories exist talking about the use of this dagger in very dramatic battles. Uh, For instance, there's the excerpt from the uh, from an epic known as uh, *Tales of the Hyeki that gives insight on its vital role, and allow me to read said excerpt because I can.
0: I'm assuming this is a translated excerpt.
1: Yes, because okay. I don't, I don't read Japanese. I well, I was going to say I, I just oh.
0: wanted to, I wanted to clarify that this was it was originally written in Japanese. So
1: yes, and has since been translated over right. centuries. Right. So, in losing off twenty arrows, like lightning flashes, he slew twelve of the of samurai, and wounded eleven more. Throwing away his bow, with his naginata, he cut down five of the enemy. But with the sixth blade snapped, he drew his tachi, and cut down eight men. But as he brought down the ninth, with an exceedingly mighty blow on the helmet, the blade broke at the hilt. Then, seizing his dagger, which was the only weapon he had left, he plied it into one of the enemies in a deathly fury. So, Dang. yeah. over dramatic, Extremely epic. Mm-hmm. But it does prove it had a very vital role in both storytelling and, I'm sure, realistically in battle. Right. Because, guess what? Not everything is built to last. Sometimes it's just built to get by. And it
0: breaks when you really don't need it to.
1: Such well, as it's, it's <laughs> the
0: same sort of sentiment, uh, like, along, you know, Civil War and Revolutionary Era soldiers having a gun and also having, like, a, a knife on them. You know, we always talk about, like, ceremonial swords and stuff, but if, you know, worst comes to worst and you gotta use it, you're gonna use it, like.
1: Exactly. Because things happen, and when you need it, you need it. Mm-hmm. even if you don't want it, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or would rather have something better. Right, would rather have a more effective weapon, but sometimes you got to take what you got.
1: Exactly. And a cool thing about this is there's actually an uh, equivalent of this weapon for women of that era as well. Because uh, traditionally, most women in that time did not have, I guess... Uh, the right to carry a lot of weaponry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. however they were able to carry an equivalent of the tonto known as the Kiakin. Ki- no Kayakin. okay my bad uh and it looked a little bit more different than the tonto it had minimal or no cross guard and the handle would be flush with a highly decorated sheath when it's encased which allowed it to be a little bit more inconspicuous Inconspic- inconspicuous here we go i can speak sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the blade though was much more narrow making it easier to hide in sleeves oh, okay. or you can hide it in hair picks huh yeah it would it had different um like clips that you could slide onto the sheath and you can either clip it on the inside of your sleeve or clip it into part of your hair
0: piece. How long is this blade? It's
1: not very long at all. It's like six, seven inches. Okay, okay.
0: I was absolutely picturing a one foot blade. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick it in your hair. It's that's fine. Why, I mean, that's why I was a little concerned. That's why I was like, wait a minute. Like sleeve. I was like, okay, yeah. Sleeve makes sense, you know, even with like a long like with a with a blade like that. That one that didn't, you know, wasn't too weird, but hair hair clip was the the deciding factor.
1: Here, put a yardstick in your hair. You're good. Just,
0: yeah. Oh, You're let good. me get my conspicuously uh hidden weapon. <laughs> Whoops, here it's just like
1: Basically, Mary Poppins bag sort of thing, only with your hair. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's a bag of holding. You've hidden a bag of holding in your hair, and then you can yeah. just pull stuff out of it wherever at random.
1: Exactly. But it was really cool because these would be so heavily decorated that it would just look like a piece of, you know, jewelry or something. It literally would look nothing like a weapon at all because of how it was encased. Some people even confused it as a scroll because of its shape. Like something, basically. Oh, sure. If, if like, all
0: you're seeing is the the sheath, then yeah, I could see like, oh, it's just a just like a scroll case or something.
1: Yeah, because the handle matches it perfectly, mm-hmm. and basically making it look like a
0: tube. Is, is so there like, like a? I always get like almost squeamish when you say that there are swords that don't have the cross guard because I'm just picture. I just immediately picture like your hand slipping and yep. just like slicing your hand open like what if your hand is sweaty and it's just like oops like and then you've oops you've your hand has slipped and you've sliced your hand open because there's nothing to stop you yep which, okay.
1: Great. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that is a very big risk. Yeah. Um, it well, it was and still is because guess what? We still have knives that are like that. I know. I'm as as I was saying
0: stupid. that, as I was saying that, I'm like I've, I'm describing a kitchen knife. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. As, most kitchen knives are that way, but you're not thrusting with it. Right. However, there are hunting knives that are like that still, mm-hmm. and guess what? people cut their hands now these knives tend to be on a cheaper end of you know the weaponry you uh-huh. can get but it still happens people still go to the emergency room why developers haven't you know decided to just be like hey yeah no we should just include this because these are mass-produced weapons versus being forged
0: yeah i was gonna say like why not at that point just go like maybe this is a bad design
1: <laughs> maybe yeah, <no>. you failed <laughs> Because it's a cost thing, I think is what it comes down to ultimately. Oh, capitalism! Because then you have to fit a cross guard to it, and it requires, I'm sure, a lot more extra steps, especially in a factory setting.
0: Right. It's probably not something that can be like mass machined very easily.
1: Yeah. It's just like you're just you know pop it on. It's like no, we have to do this, that, and the other. So, Mm -hmm. in that regards, it makes sense. But in practicality, it's like stop. Just stop it. No.
0: Anyway, back to Japan.
1: Back to Japan. So there's a darker side for this weapon as well.
0: This is Um, where I stop being funny.
1: Yeah, this is where things kind of get heavy. So allow me to explain something just briefly. Honor was a very important concept for the Japanese. And being captured or losing a battle was viewed as one of the most damaging things to it. Uh, around the twelfth around the twelfth century, though, a code was developed to restore that honor to the falling soul known as seppuku. For those who are squeamish, I s- suggest either skipping to.
0: Yeah, I would say let's put a huge content warning on this entire section. Uh, what do you say? Skip ahead two minutes. I would say easily three,
1: three or four minutes, depending okay. on how long we we hook on into this
0: okay but um, yeah i would say like content warning for injury mention of suicide those yeah, sorts of things
1: we can include a more precise time in the i'll, I'll, I'll put thing. it in the
0: i'll put it in the description uh for the episode it, so if you've you've already probably read it so you know
1: yeah so and if you haven't read it right s- for your sanity i will i will make sure
0: it is very clearly labeled so
1: yes so Contrary to movies and most modern tales, the act of seppuku wasn't done with the sword, but instead the tonto or the kaiken. For um, those who aren't familiar with the act, allow me to explain. Uh, It's rather graphic, so again, if you're squeamish, skip ahead. Seppuku was the code unspoken by warriors and royalty to commit suicide via self-inflicted slices. The location for these wounds were different when comparing the women to the warriors. Women, when faced with capture or potential harm from enemy forces, would choose to go out by thrusting their Kayakin into their throats, and would even do so to their children first, if need be, allowing the family to keep their honor even beyond death. And this is a very severe and drastic action, but as I mentioned, honor was... Basically, the most important thing to the Japanese in this era. Samurai, however, managed to take this even farther and much more disturbingly. If On the battlefield, death would sometimes be swifter for them, as they would plunge their tantos directly into their stomach and bleed out before enemies could get to them. Now, the true ritual, however, which isn't depicted so much in film or, you know any sort of modern media kind of or modern medium i should say uh the ritual was actually more involved and basically had to well and basically took place if they managed to either flee a fight or committed some sort of disgraceful act and needed retribution the man desiring to restore his honor would be seated tonto in hand with two two to three other samurai One of these other samurai would uh, witness the act, or potentially two, um, to prove that the man had committed the act himself instead of somebody doing it to him. And another would stand beside the seated man with a sword in hand, ready to behead him after the fact. The self-inflicted injury was also desired to be much more severe. With a plunge to the side, he'd calmly cut. cut across his abdomen to the other side. As you can imagine, this became a very gruesome scene very quickly.
0: I was going to say, I've always heard it described shortly as disembowelment, so...
1: Yes, and that's really what is happening here. It is self-disembowelment. Now, what was viewed as the Braver Souls would cut again, some just above the other gash that they made, or some would go vertically the chest into the throat before bleeding out in agony now there are very few records but there are records of the truly determined who would keep slicing until they would die mid-slice tonto still in hand in the book tales of old japan written by freeman midford there is uh, a ritual of this witnessed by one of his colleagues essentially i won't get into more detail than I already have he cut himself not three times not six times but eight times and then stabbed himself in the throat before he finally bled out this was because he had fled a battle and basically had left his men to die and was basically so distraught with his own actions that he chose to give himself as many injuries as the many he lost so it's not this romanticized act that's portrayed in movies like the last samurai i don't know if anybody's ever seen it it used to be deeply one of my favorites but it's been years since i've watched it um it's A very serious very very spiritual sort of thing for the japanese in a way and also just a very important period yeah of the time period and a very important way to restore your honor which again meant so much to them that they would even disembowel themselves so i i know it's we got dark pretty fast with with this episode sometimes but sometimes
0: history is not pretty. Exactly. Uh, and I think we've I think we've touched on that. You know, it's 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 one thing to kind of make jokes about what we're doing here because I think we're coming from a place where we can, but sometimes you have to remember what these things were actually used for and it's not good.
1: Yeah. And it's also one of those things where there's so much misinformation about it. Because we absorb so much through, you know, movies, comics, what have you, different, different sorts of media like that, that we kind of lose the actual historical part to mm-hmm. it, only for entertainment's sake. And it's, every once in a while, it's needed as a reminder to basically let you all know why this was actually done in history right. versus, you know, its now romanticized act. As heavy as it is, yeah, I I do assure you all, it will not be this heavy next week's episode. Yeah, well, we next be... next one
0: we'll, we'll find something. We'll be we'll do a we'll do something that uh, I can make jokes about for the whole episode, not just half. Yeah. So could, for for those you get like half a
1: funny episode, half of a <laughs> huh, huh, half of a very huh. serious episode. Um... Exactly. So I don't know if you happen to have. A tip of the week you wanted to offer, or if you would rather I offer a tip.
0: Uh, I feel like I feel like anything I have would be a a rapid whiplash in tone. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it to you.
1: All right. Well, we'll save yours for next episode. Sure. Because I am sure it's only going to explode more as you know time goes on.
0: Yeah, well, so I... I invite chaos into my life and it just, <laughs> I welcome it with open arms at this point.
1: Good mantra to have. Mm-hmm. Just welcome it with open arms. So my tip of the week would be essentially trying not to be too harsh on yourself. Though it's good to be critical sometimes in order to grow, overdoing it can really beat you down, as I'm sure you all know. But we here at Audio Armory want you to remember something. You have your own challenges and experiences that shape you into the very being that you are and something that no one else can truly be though we all may be similar in different ways we learn differently from each other and we learn at different paces so i myself find myself to be a much slower learner than emily emily like to me is just like photographic memory sort of thing though you don't have it it's to me, it's like I was that. gonna say. And I, I they're like how
0: I have an encyclopedic <laughs> memory of useless garbage. Uh, I can't tell you how to do taxes, but would you like a, a beat by beat episode or a beat by beat recap of a p- podcast episode I just listened to? Fantastic. <laughs> Let's
1: go. <laughs> Here we go. But meanwhile, it's just like I have to hear something or do something at least a dozen times for it to actually sink in for me and Maybe. i always beat myself up over that kind of stuff because like wow i must be so stupid if i can't do this after yeah. like the third time it's like no it's just a different pace yeah it's it's, it's a, a different... different
0: process and and there are things that you pick up faster than i do there's things that you half the stuff that you do is that stuff that i could never do fire is scary um loud <laughs> noises terrify me so it's like everyone has their own wheelhouse and it's okay if your wheelhouse is not someone else's in fact it it should be it shouldn't be Because you should be your own person. You shouldn't try to copy what someone else is doing the whole time. You know, you are going to have strengths and weaknesses, and other people are going to have strengths and weaknesses. And together, your strengths and weaknesses can, like, combine into a cool collaboration.
1: Yeah. Like, if you combine all your strengths together, you become a superhuman Voltron thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, don't actually try to fuse yourself together, because that
0: wouldn't be good Or you become two goobers doing a podcast, and Liz actually does research and stuff, and I just make dumb jokes. Except for when I get too serious. Except for when we get really heavy, and we gotta, like, bring the tone down. In which case, I'm not gonna break into that, because it's not appropriate. Yeah.
1: So, basically, at the core, I just want y'all to don't beat yourselves up. As long as you stay determined you can achieve whatever it is you want to and that's beautiful you've well there's another thing is you got you guys have supported us this whole time we've done our dumb podcast and we want to be able to let you know that we support you too whatever you do, choose to do unless you choose to throw rocks at
0: birds or Don't. anything illegal or murder yeah. or anything like really morally repugnant I- like Emily, murder is illegal. It's 2018, I gotta put that asterisk on everything, <laughs> because I don't want someone to be like, oh, wow, you support me in everything, cool, I'm gonna go, like, <laughs> I don't know, do something heinous. No, I don't support you in that.
1: I'm gonna go throw this chicken at a toddler Yeah, I'm gonna on go, the like,
0: just be a horrible, gross person. No, I don't support you in that. Yeah, no. Which is harmless, just harmless, harmless fun, I will support you in. Exactly. harmless absurdity i will support you in
1: like i don't know leaving a chicken in your friend's room or something as harmless. long as the chicken
0: doesn't get hurt leaving uh leaving for no reason 500 stuffed chickens in your friend's room <laughs> so they just wake up and there's 500 stuffed chickens in their room and they're Why sitting did there like excuse do that? Me. <laughs> how did you get 500 stuffed chickens make sure you buy them in bulk that'll get expensive um, oh yeah um or, or try do sam's the, club the really good old old school uh college prank which was take a bunch of empty cans and stack them in front of someone's door while they're sleeping <laughs> so that when yep. they open their door there's a wall of empty cans in front of them
1: why Sur- because surprisingly we never did any of that kind of stuff to each other and i'm amazed at that yeah that's
0: really yeah like that's definitely something my brother did but it was, it's never anything we did um yeah
1: no, the prank. We just was the taped only weird thing...
0: crap to each other's door. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's and that was that's pretty benignly what we did. So,
1: yeah, we just taped really weird, sometimes disturbing things. If it was alicia and I, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a tale anyway, for another time.
0: <laughs> well, take care of yourselves out there. Yeah, you are and loved. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being you and thank you samantha hogan for use of our intro and outro music you can find her work at samanthahogan.com and on twitter at s hogan underscore composer you can find us on twitter at audio armory cast um you can find us personally on twitter i am at corrupted gem liz is at liz belts that's liz with two z's uh you can email us at audio at gmail dot com with questions concerns comments other things whatever you want And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, which apparently does something. Uh, Liz, do you got anything else?
1: Also, send us your dankest memes.
0: Send us your dankest memes. They have to be,
1: you know, weapon related. Mm -hmm. But, like, send us your dankest memes. And they
0: better be dank. And if they're not, I'm going to block you. I'm kidding. I won't do that. But, like, I'll be... (laughs) Whoa, calm down. I'll I'll send send you... I'll just send you a frowny face. Um, Will I do it from my Twitter or from the podcast Twitter? I don't know. I'll see how I feel. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if you've personally offended me, I'll send it from my Twitter. That will be all for us this week. And until next time, I have been and always will be your illustrious bard, Emily Cardamus. And I will forever and always be your local blacksmith, Liz Belts. And don't throw rocks at birds. Don't throw rocks at birds. We don't condone that. No.
1: Hey, no. you!
0: Put that rock down! Okay? Yeah. Hey. No. Man, she be...